0: I am not Pastor Wes. Um, in case you're wondering this morning, Pastor Wes is on a much needed break and um, they couldn't find anyone else. So they asked the youth guy and I said, sure, I got nothing else going on. So uh, no, it is it is my privilege to, uh, to be here this morning and uh, to take on uh, this incredible responsibility and opportunity. And um, I just want to say thank you to to Pastor West for his leadership, and uh, I also want to say uh, thank you to Pastor Steve for uh, take. I know you didn't expect that um, for taking a chance on me almost 13 years ago, and um, so it is. Uh, I just had to, I'm, and I'm still around. Um, I just I just had to say uh, thank you. I saw you this morning, Pastor Steve, and I just wanted to acknowledge you as well. Um, thank you for believing in me, and thank you. Uh, church family. I've I, I just seen this water here. Is this for me? It's like ice cold. I'm looking at it from down there the whole time, and I'm thinking, I wonder if that's for me, because that looks good. Um, but it is. It's good. Good to know. Hey, so I've, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Downing, and uh, I am our student pastor. I also uh, work with our families uh, here at this church. And um, like I said, I've, I've been at this for about 13 years, but I've been in ministry for almost 30 years this summer, which means, yes, I started when I was five. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, all that to say, I am, I'm a little old. But um, I share that this morning because um, I, I've been doing ministry for a while, but I always hate when things don't go as I planned. Especially after having, having years behind you thinking, okay, I know what to expect. And then things happen that just don't go the way you think they will. It's, uh, it's frustrating, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're someone like that where you plan and plan and plan and it's gotta go just as you want it to and if it doesn't, then it's frustrating to you. And so I've been doing a lot of mission trips over the last 30 years and um, every mission trip I go on with our students or um, let's say I, I've gone on with other organizations, um, there's something every mission trip where I'm just kind of like, okay, God, I didn't plan this, but uh, apparently you did, and so I'm going to trust you. I trust that you know what you're doing. And there's nothing like that to, to cause you to kind of feel like, uh, hey, the, the lead guy doesn't know what he's doing. And um, that's what happened about five years ago. We went to Guatemala, and you see that picture behind me. Um, one, of our, uh, one of our missions the week that we were there was to build a house. And uh, the family that we built it for, I don't know if you can make it out there. Uh, she's, she's in there somewhere. I just, I lost her. Uh, she, oh, she's right towards the center. She's holding a little baby uh, right there, kind of hidden behind the girl in the purple. But uh, her name is Mariella. And uh, she has several children. Her husband had left her. And um, she had, uh, she did not have a home, a stable home, physical structure to live in. And so one of our tasks that week was we were going to build her a house, and we were excited, we were ready. Um, we get to where this site is going to be. and what's supposed to have happened was um, there was supposed to have been the foundation laid, and um, we would build on that foundation. We would build this house, and by the end of the week it would be completed. Now you're probably saying, how would a bunch of teenagers build a house? Well we had a, we had uh, organization that was there to help us. And it was built out of cinder blocks. That's, that's, uh, that's how they build many of the, the more stable homes there. I know that may still freak you out like, really? Um, but that's what we we're going to do. This organization we've been with had, had done it time and time and time after time. And so we go when we're ready, we're excited. Um, we had raised the money for this house and we get there and nothing, there is nothing there. Like it's grass uh, and some dirt. And um, we're scratching our heads thinking, what in the world do we do here? Um, And come to find out, the the person who was the the foreman, who was in charge of the job site, um, he decided that he would take a vacation. And so he took, and I'm told that that's that's common practice there in in Guatemala. Um, He just, he didn't get the work done. And so that week, what we had to do was we had to clear, first of all, clear away all the, all the dirt, all the, all the grass, so that we could lay the foundation and build on that foundation. And we worked and worked and worked. In fact, we had, uh, we had broken the team up into to different teams. Where they, One day, uh, someone would be working on the house, the other day, one would be doing, uh, the other team would be doing a VBS. And we realized that there is no way we're going to get this house done. And so we're pulling kids off of this team, and, and we're all coming together trying to get this done working long hours, working late trying to get this done. This was our mission. Our mission was to build this house. And we wanted to have it done by the end of the week. And come Thursday, our last day was Friday, but come Thursday we realized this mission is not going to be completed. We we started this mission and we're not going to be able to finish it. It's incredibly frustrating. It's even more frustrating when Mariella is there every day watching us not, not, to, not to keep tabs on us, but because she wants her home. She's excited to have her home. And at the end of the week, to, be, to have to tell her, it's, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's not going to be done by Friday. Um, sure enough, a couple weeks later, uh, about, I think about three weeks later, the house was completed. We were sent the pictures, shown the pictures, um, and so we were able to know, okay, Mario's now in her home. That's the, that's the important part. Um, and we're, we're just happy that that happened. It's not about us, but it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating when you have a mission and you're not able to complete the mission the way you wanted to, wanted to see it completed because of just other things that come up. Uh, that's life, right? Like that, just, that kind of stuff just happens all the time. Well, today I want us to talk about, uh, I want to share some things with you about the mission that we've been given as Christ followers, because we've all been given a mission. We've all been given a task. We've all been given a responsibility. And this morning, um, I would I, I'd love for you to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Um, we'll be there. We'll be in several other passages this morning. Um, but go ahead and, and turn there because I want us, to, uh, I want us to, to take a look at that here in just a second. Um, the fact of the matter is that God is on a mission. And God invites us to be a part of that mission. And that mission that we have is bigger than us. The mission that God has is bigger than us. So we're gonna be in Genesis 12 in just a moment, but first I wanna take you to to Acts. And Luke shares this in Acts 17, 26. He says this, "From, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. I want to share that with you because how I love this passage. It shows us that God, from the beginning of time, he knew what he was doing. So from one man, that one man being Adam, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries, which meant that he knew who he wanted to place where, including today, he he knew the time in history that you would be living in, he knew the place that he wanted you. And he has, cre- he has this mission that we're all a part of. So if you ever feel like life is random or, uh, you know, why am I living during this time with all this craziness, right? You're living during this time because God has put you in this place, in this time for a mission. And that mission is significant. So God creates Adam. God creates mankind for a relationship with him. And we know what happens next. We screwed it up, right? Adam screwed it up, but we would have done the same thing because we, we are simple people. We, we have the choice to, uh, to follow God or, hey, maybe I want to do things my way. And that's what Adam and Eve chose. And so they chose to go their own way. But even in the midst of that, God didn't say, oh, seriously, Adam and Eve, I, like, what am I going to do? God knew what was going to happen. and God had a rescue plan in place the moment that humankind screwed it up. So I want us to, I want us to see this this morning um, because I want us, it's incredible to know that God doesn't give up on his people. He has a plan to redeem him, and he promised, there in Genesis 3, we see that God promises to send a wounded victor who would crush the head of the serpent that led them into sin and would kill evil at its source. So we know that, that is, that's, a, uh, that's a prophecy of Jesus. But I want us to fast forward 2,000 years. I want you to see in Genesis 12, God's call to Abraham. So 2,000 years, roughly, um, we see God's call to Abraham. The Lord has said, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord has said to Abram, "'Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse.'" and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. God's rescue plan, his mission is to bless and rescue the world through one man's family, this man, Abram. God promises to redeem the world through Abram's offspring, to bring them back into a right relationship with him. So it's God's mission to raise someone up who will bless the whole world and who will undo the devastation of sin and nothing not even our failures will be able to stop it because he has, come to, um, he has come to redeem us from our failures, and we know that that's Jesus Christ. So God knew, God set up a rescue plan. The moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God knew what he was doing, and he tells Abram, a couple thousand years later, he tells him that I am going to, for, through your offspring, I'm going to bless the earth. And so God's mission is to bless and rescue all of humanity Through his son, Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So from Abraham came the the nation of Israel. And we know that uh, Jesus came from the nation of Israel. He was our Messiah. And so Jesus was God's rescue plan for all of humanity. So Jesus came to earth to show us who God is and to teach us about God's character and to teach us about God's power and his love, all displayed in his ultimate act of love, his death on the cross. As we know, once the sacrifice was made, Jesus demonstrated his power over sin and death and came back to life. So in a sense, his earthly mission was completed with his death and resurrection. I say in a sense, because yes, that is the final act uh, for the redemption of our sins, but Jesus's mission didn't end when he ascended into heaven. After he was resurrected, he, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared to over 500 people. And Jesus' mission continued, but now Jesus' mission entered a new phase where Jesus was, his earthly mission was completed, and now he was going back to his Father. And he calls his disciples to him, and he gives them a commission, he gives them a, a call. A task, And that mission is for all of us. Not just them, but it's for all of us. I want us to look this morning at Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. It'll be up on the screen, but um, it'd be also, uh, keep, kind of keep your finger in Genesis 12 because we're going to come back to Abraham in just a moment. But I want us to look at Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. In this, we see Jesus' uh, final word, his great commission, uh, this this calling that he was given to his disciples. And Jesus came to them and said, this is Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I share that with you guys this morning and our students Hear me talk about that all the time, and there's a good reason for it, because that is what we are to be about. That is the mission that Jesus gave to the disciples, but that mission wasn't just for those disciples. That mission was to carry on through the course of time as these disciples made disciples as those disciples made other disciples. We are here today because someone discipled us. If you're a Christ follower, someone taught you, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a a teacher, but they brought you to the point where you realize your need for Jesus and they helped you to take those next steps. They were being obedient to the great commission. And it's not because that there's someone special, but it's because they were doing the very basic thing that God has called all of us to. Yes, they were special in the sense that they were obedient, but you need, to, you need to hear me say this morning that God's call is not just for special people. God's call is not just for people who can, who can get on a stage and preach or, or who can um, serve in orphanages. God's call is for every single one of us as believers. That mission that he gave to his disciples, that is a mission that continues today through us. That is is our calling in life. That is our purpose in life, to go and to make disciples of all nations. Our mission is to go into the world and to share the good news of Jesus. We're all part of God's mission, not just special people. Every person who is a Christian who is saved is saved not simply from something, but for something. Hear me when I say that. We're not just saved from sin and death, but we're saved for something. We're saved to go and to carry on the mission of Jesus. Each of us is meant to be on a mission with God by bringing heaven or God's kingdom to earth. Jesus taught his disciples to pray for this. He instructed them to pray for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Throughout history, God has invited people into his plans and purposes. And does that, does that perplex you? Like, do you ever think, God, why? why, why why'd you do it that way? <laughs> like, why, why use people? Like, and aren't there other ways that you could do it? Like, why use us? We'll come back to that in just a moment. But all throughout history, we see that God has called ordinary individuals who may not believe that they were gifted He's used them to carry out his plan and his purpose in his ongoing story of redemption. Now, God invites all of us to be a part of his mission, okay? Or God calls all of us. Now, so, so there's two different words there. I just said invited, and I just said called. Like, what's the difference? Well, when I think invited, I think, hey, you know, we're, we're going to lunch after this at, 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 at Waterberg or wherever, and uh, you're all welcome to come. We'd, we'd love for you to come, right? That's an invite, right? But if I come to you and I say, hey, we're going to Whataburger after this, and I would really love for you to come and be there with us. I'd love for you to come and to meet uh, my friends. I'd love for you to come and to uh, to just hang with us. You see the difference there between a call and an invite? God, God invites us to be on purpose, but he also take it a step further, because you can always turn down an invitation, right? If someone says, hey, we're all going to, going to this place afterwards. We'd love for you to come. You know, that's kind of a general thing. And you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling Whataburger today. I'm just going to go home. But if someone directly says to you, I want you to be there, that's a little bit different, right? That is a personal invitation. That's a, a call. And God gives us not just an invitation. He doesn't just say, hey, I'm doing this thing, and I would love for you as believers, if you feel like it, if it's not too inconvenient, I'd love for you to, to come if you want to, right? No, God says, I'm doing this thing, and it's bigger than you, but I want you to be a part of it. I want you to join me. I want you to, to, to own it, and I want you to, to go with me with the Great Commission, Jesus told his disciples that he expected them to join the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in adding to God's kingdom by making disciples. And he starts out that Great Commission, if you notice this, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, why did he say that first? Because he's showing his authority, and he's saying, I am I am king, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So if, if your parent reminds you of something, they say, I'm your dad, listen to me. Okay, there's part of you that's like, oh, we, maybe we better listen, <laughs> you know, because they're they're displaying their authority. And what they're about to say comes with a, a weight, a gravitas, where I, I, I'm going to listen and I, I need to do what, what I'm told to do. And Jesus is... Doing that same thing there. So, you know, the the whole illustration I gave a second ago about, hey, if you're not too busy and you want to, that's not Jesus. Jesus is saying all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. I'm the king and I am giving you a task. I'm giving you a call and that call is not just for you 11. Can you imagine being one of the 11 and, and Jesus is telling you to go into all the earth and you're looking around going, wait, one, two, three, four, five. How are you going to do this with 11 people? Jesus knows something that they don't know, and and he's telling them, you 11, it's going to start with you, but it's going to spread throughout the world. And here today, we see billions that claim to follow Jesus because those 11 were obedient to the mission that God gave to them. So God's mission involves us as his people to go and to reach all of humanity As his disciples, we become involved in his mission to reconcile a lost world to God. If we're related to God, then we're on mission with him. I'm going to make a statement here that uh, you may at first go, wait, what? You cannot be in in a relationship with God. You cannot be in a right relationship with God and not be on mission. That, That may sound a little harsh to you, but think about it this way. If you're in a relationship, like a, an active growing relationship with someone and they, they say, I want you to listen to me and I'd really like for you to do this for me. And if you hear that and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. What kind of a relationship do you have with that person to come to the place where you're going to pick and choose what you want to do? See, so if you're in a right relationship with Jesus, you're going to, to hear him and you're going to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I I will do that, regardless of of the fact that it may make me a little nervous or a little scared. I I will do what you ask me to do. And so if Jesus is giving this great command through the great commission, not a great suggestion, but a great commission, he's commissioning his disciples to do the work, to carry on the mission, even though he physically won't be there anymore, he says, I want you to do this but it doesn't end there, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna come back to that in just a moment. Um, I, I, I want you to think about Abraham for a second because um, when Jesus tells us in that great commission, he says to go, we go back to the story of Abraham in the Old Testament because God tells Abraham the same thing. He says, I want you to go. Now that is a scary word for a lot of us, right? Because what that means is that we're going to have to get up and we're going to have to do something. Now, for Abraham, God calls Abraham, and understand Abraham is well beyond middle age. God tells Abraham, I want you to leave your homeland and I want you to follow me into an unnamed place and become the father of the nation. Now, there's three things that are significant about this. Abraham wasn't, first of all, Abraham wasn't really looking for the job, right? Um, with Isaiah, you hear him say, here I am, Lord, send me. Abraham, this is, this is, there's no indication that um, he's saying, okay, God, here we go. But God's calling Abraham and he's saying, I want you to go. So Abraham wasn't looking for the particular job. And sometimes, it's, sometimes we think that it's up to us to imagine how we can fit into God's plan. But the second thing that's significant about that is that Abraham didn't get the big picture of what God was doing. God didn't lay it all out for him. God gave him some promises, incredible promises, but he didn't say, this is how it's going to be. Abraham didn't have the whole picture. And for those of us that want, like we want to know, we want, okay, God, if I do this, what's going to happen? What's going to be the outcome? And God says, just go, but trust me and trust me with the outcome. You don't need to know all the details. That's, that's unnerving, isn't it? Because we want to know. So Abraham didn't get the big picture. He wasn't looking for the job. And if you read further on into the story, we see that Abraham was a flawed individual. Abraham made some some questionable decisions. Again, God wasn't surprised. God knew what he was working with. But God used someone even like Abraham, which gives me hope to know that, okay, God, you can use anybody. If you can use anybody, then you can use me. The mission is is to go, even when it's not convenient, even where it's not convenient. And there are things that keep us from going, right? It's, it's really hard to, to get up and go because that may mean that um, we have to leave comfortability behind. If you're comfortable in a place and you, you love where you're at and um, God tells you to go, that means, wait, I've gotta, I've gotta leave this. And there are times where it's hard for us to go Because we're worried about what we're leaving behind. Or maybe it's just busyness. We get busy and um, we have all these other things going on in our life. Or maybe it's just fear that keeps us from going. But God says, I want you to go. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the mission is to make disciples. That means that we don't just go, but we take action. We share about Jesus. We teach about Jesus. We emulate Jesus, and we invite others to know him. And that passage tells us in in, uh, Romans 10 that Paul is telling us that how are they going to hear unless someone tells them? Now, a lot of times the way we want to live out the mission that God has given to us is We think in our mind, okay, so I'm going to live a great life. I'm going to try to not do anything wrong. And then people will see my actions and they will be so drawn to my goodness that they will ask, why why do you do the things that you do? And then I can tell them about Jesus. Okay? Now, we are told in in Scripture that, uh, yes, live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. We're, We're told that. But... Jesus' command in the Great Commission said, go and teach. Can you imagine going to a class with a teacher and the teacher says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be saying anything today. Um, I just want you, to, I want you to watch what I'm doing and then you'll learn. Like, wait, what? No, you're, you're supposed to be teaching us. And that's the call that all of us have. It's, it's to go and to open our mouths and, and to share and to teach and to tell people about the good news of Jesus. Third point I want to uh, bring up today. First of all, the mission is bigger than us. Second of of all, we're all called to it as believers. But third, the mission field is everywhere, but it begins right here. Jesus told the disciples that he wanted them to go into all the world, but in Acts 1.8, we see a, a, a different telling of this great commission. Jesus uh, says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria into and the ends of the earth. Do you, did you catch that? Because Jesus didn't just give them a commission, but he's telling them that you will be my witnesses and you will go into the world, into the ends of the earth. But it doesn't stop there because Jesus tells them, that he will be with them, that he will empower them to do what may seem scary to do, that he will go with them, and that he will speak through them, and he will enable them to do the things that he's called them to do. See, this world, what are we, like eight-something billion people, nine billion people, um, all of whom matter to God, God created each and every person in this world, and he calls us as his people to go into all the worlds to people who may look different than us, sound different than us, to go into all the world and to make disciples of all nations. 2 Peter 3, 9. Peter tells us that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's mission is that all humanity would have the opportunity... All humanity would have the opportunity to be in right relationship with him. Jesus' mission is for all to hear. Everyone. Jesus' mission is for all to see and experience the goodness of God. This morning with our students, we talked about Jesus' miracles. And the fact that Jesus didn't just come and teach, but Jesus demonstrated his authority through his miracles. And his miracles were, were always done to meet a need. And I love that about Jesus because what he's not just telling us that I want you to just go and teach. I just want you to go and talk. But he's like, he says, I also want you to go and I want you to, to live and to reflect me to the world. Do you know that, yes, everyone has a spiritual need, but we also all have physical needs. That's the whole reason with, with this Going back to Guatemala this year with our students, uh, we've given you opportunities to, to be a part of that with us. As we go in and represent this church and represent Christ, there are opportunities that you can join and be a part of. And and uh, whether it's providing for the house or a water filter system, a food pack, an oven, um, shoes. We've got lots of shoes. <laughs> lots and lots of shoes. Um, so much so that I, w- I would just ask you that, please don't bring us any more shoes because I don't know how we're going to get them all over there. But what a great problem to have, right? You guys, you guys heard the need and you responded. Now, either you said, oh, that's good because I really got shoes I got to get rid of. Or there was something inside you that said, that's a need that I want to be a part of fulfilling. And as Christ followers, that's that's evidence that there's there's the Holy Spirit is at work in you because there are needs all around us, and we need to respond to those needs. so, church family, you have stepped up in a in a huge way, and I just I want to say thank you. and And for our upcoming sports camp, many of you have uh, you've 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 heard the call that we need help, and you've you've signed up. And maybe um, we have over a hundred people signed up. Chris, uh, 150. A lot. A lot of people have signed up to help, but here's the thing. We, we still want kids to be a part of this. So maybe you've signed up to help, but there are kids in your neighborhood, there are kids all around that could be invited by you. Putting a sign out in your yard is a great first step, but also personally inviting them because you want them to, you want them to hear the message of Christ. See, that, that's the mission. That's the mission that we've been given as the church is to go into the world and to share about the truth of Jesus. To go into the community and do a thing like sports camp. To go into the world to a place like Guatemala. We're taking 23 with us. In fact, on June 4th, um, we're going to be praying over the team. We'll give you a card with uh, all the students' pictures on it for you to be able to have and know what to pray for. But we're asking that day, if you bought like a Guatemala shirt, um, wear it on that day because that's the day that we're commissioning Our students go to Guatemala, but that's, that's the, the, that's the call is to go into the world and to make disciples. That's the mission that we have been given. That's the mission that you have joined with us in. You're, you're, maybe you're not able to go with us, but you say, I want to be able to be a part of that. I want to pray for you guys. I want to give to you guys. And so many of you have done that, but opportunities are everywhere. Opportunities are everywhere all around us. Um, I, I tell our I tell our students that, you know, you're not, just a, uh, you're not just a football player who happens to be a Christian. But flip that. You are a Christian, first and foremost, who happens to be a football player. And God has given you that platform and that opportunity. And for you, church family, God has put you where he's put you. Remember that, the, the passage in Acts that we looked at? God has put you in this appointed time, and this appointed place for a reason and for a mission. God knew what he was doing, and he is inviting you to be a part of that. Maybe you say, well, you know, I, I can't do a whole lot. Maybe, um, maybe you're listening to this because you're homebound. Maybe physically you're not able to do as much, or, or maybe you're like, well, I don't have a, a job where I'm like a, a minister or a missionary. I'm just a, maybe I'm just, a, you know, a teacher or just this or just that. I mean, teachers. Please don't hear me say that and say that that is insignificant. That's so significant. But maybe you don't see your role and maybe you're, you're working in an office and you're just like, I'm, I'm just a, an office guy. What, what mission do I have? There are people all around you that God has put you in that place in that time to minister to those people around you. It's not an accident. Maybe you're caring for an aging parent. Maybe uh, part of God's mission might include for you growing a, a neighborhood garden or, or nurturing small children. It's always a good idea to say, hey God, how, how can I serve you here? Knowing that our here can change with time. But we have to guard ourselves against getting too comfortable or too lazy because a lot of times what we'll do is when we don't, when we, when we get so focused on the day to day, we forget the mission. And Jesus has entrusted us with this mission. So we have to guard against getting so comfortable or so lazy to the point where we stop sharing. We fall back on the, I'm going to live the good life. No, like you're to be about and I'm to be about sharing the good news. When we had our Revolution Weekend, you guys heard me talk about um, these, these bracelets, this emoji evangelism, and um, one of the... the task that we gave to each of the students was to go out and to share not just that weekend, uh, but also to to go out and share with your friends. Um, In fact, if we could put that slide up, um, I know we have that up there, but um, this is the emoji evangelism that we were talking about. First of all, uh, I know you can't see my bracelet, but these are the emojis that are on here. God loves you. God made you. God wants you. That's the heart. The division sign represents sin. Sin infects you. Sin separates you. Sin kills you. The cross represents Jesus. Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose again. And then the question mark, the decision, what we do with that. You turn from sin, turn from self, and trust in Jesus. Why am I sharing that with you? Because I know, like I just said, it is so easy for us to um, either not know how to share, not know what to share, or talk ourselves out of sharing because uh, uh, they're not going to want to hear it. But can I tell you that we've had some incredible stories from our students who've shared on the bus or who've shared with teachers. Um, I I saw a student, I didn't even know at a basketball game the other day uh, at the Y wearing one of our bracelets and they're not our bracelets, but um, just the fact that students are, are out there sharing the message of the gospel. And if this is a tool that maybe you'd like and it's easy, you can give away the bracelet. We have them out on the table, uh, the, the Guatemala table out there. You can grab one of those. There's an explanation card for you as well. When I shared about that revolution, we can had several of you come to me and say, that is so cool. I want to do that with you. Yes, please. Come on. So we've got all kinds of colors out there. Um, we would love for you to join in, in that with us. This isn't meant to be a commercial. This is meant to be me explaining to you that there are ways that we can be about the mission. There are things that we can do and tasks that we can perform to be a part of that mission. And ultimately, you need to know that this is God's mission. Will the mission carry on with or without you? Yeah, it will. But what's amazing about knowing that it's God's mission is to know that even if we may try to share the gospel and fail miserably at it, The fact that you were even obedient to try is a big deal. And to know that God is the one that's in control of it and it's his mission, he is going to guide and direct it. Again, why why did God include us? Why why would he do it that way? Why not just do some miracles and and impress people? I think about this way. Um, On Saturday mornings, I typically make breakfast for my family. And uh, my kids want to join me and and be a part of that. Um, Now, I I love letting my kids help. But there are times, you know, where it's like, it'd just be easier if I did this. It'd be less messy. And I wouldn't have to take time to explain the steps. But what am I doing in that? I'm taking the joy away from them of getting to be a part of it. They, They get to be in the kitchen with me, getting eggs on their hands or getting messy but they're they're getting time with me. They're they're getting to be a part of the, the overall task that I have of making breakfast, and they're learning a life skill. I share all that to tell you that God can do this without us. But God invites us to be in there with Him, to be working with Him. Because when we're working with Him and when we're a part of that mission and we we see God work and, and to know that we got to be a small part of that. Those of you that that have given towards Guatemala or given to help scholarship at uh, camp, and and there are so many of you, like after camp, like you adopted a student to pray for, and after camp was over, you said, I'm going to keep praying for that student. I was like, yes, please do. But you've said, I want to be a part of the mission. I want to pray for these students. There are so many opportunities that we have out there. If we'll just say, okay, God, show me. And when we get to go to Guatemala and to to serve and to to build this next house or to to do an oven, you got to be a part of that. You got involved in the mission. And when you see the results, you're like, wow, God, I got to be a part of that. And that's the incredible work of God, the fact that he can absolutely do it without us, but he doesn't want to do it without us. He invites us, he calls us to be a part of the mission with him. So i share all that with you, church family, to say, Where are you at in this? If you hear this today and and you're like, yes, I agree with that, great. My my next question for you is, so what's your role in the mission? Like what what is it that God may be leading you to do as a part of that mission? Or maybe you're hearing this as like, I know that I'm supposed to, but it is scary. I totally get it. I understand. But do you know that the enemy wants to control us with fear. But also, when we don't choose to step out in faith, then we find that um, that fear begins to own us to the point where I'm not going to share because I don't know how to, and I'm just scared to. But if we will just say, okay, Lord Jesus. It's your mission. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this well, but I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to trust you. And do you know that when you do that, and let's say you get asked a question by someone that you don't quite know how to answer, what does it force you to do? You can say, I don't know. And then you go out and you're like, I, I want to find the answers to this. And you start digging more and growing more in your walk with Christ because you were bold enough to follow his mission and to be obedient. God can do it without us, but God invites us, God calls us to be a part of it with him. It gives him joy to have his kids in there with him, fulfilling his mission. How do I don't know it gives him joy? Because if you look at the Great Commission, he invited, he called the disciples to do it, but he said, I will be with you as we do this. I will give you the words to say. I will help you to do this. That's the mission. It's bigger than us. It's for all of us. And the mission field is everywhere. You may not be going to to Guatemala. You may not even be able to be a part of sports camp, but there is something that you can do today, right here, right now, even today. There is something that God has for you. I don't know what that is for all of you, but I do know that we're to be about the Great Commission. Look for the opportunities all around you, and don't let fear, don't let busyness get in the way of doing what we're supposed to be doing. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we, we, first of all, we don't understand why you would want us. But Lord, how incredible to know that you see value in us. Lord, you have given us a purpose and a mission. God, we don't have to go through life wondering what the meaning or the purpose or the reason is behind it because we know it. We are Saved and called to be on mission with you. That doesn't need to scare us. That should fill us with hope and fill us with joy and knowing that you have given our life meaning. You've given us purpose. And I know, Lord, we, we tend to make it about a whole lot of other things, but, Lord, we're called to know you and to make you known. God, help us to know how to do that in, in the, the, the realm of influence that we have. Maybe we're not able to do much. We're not able to, to leave home much. But, Lord, there, there are people and things that we can absolutely be prayer warriors for. Maybe we, we've never met the neighbors on either side of us because it just seems weird. But, Lord, those, those are the people that you have put in our lives for us to influence. And it may be awkward to begin a conversation because we never have, but that's okay. We just want to be obedient. And we want to be a part of the mission. God, it's bigger than us. It's your mission, but you allow us to be in there with you. What an honor. God, we are are nothing special. We're just your kids. But Lord, because of you, you have infused us with power. You've infused us with the ability to do and see things that we could have never seen on our own. Lord, would you remind us of the call, the mission you place placed in our lives. And God, would you infuse us with your energy, infuse us with your courage to be about your mission. Church families, we continue to, to um, just Ask God, God, what what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? Maybe you're in here this morning and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have never invited him to come and to be a part of your life. Let me just tell you, today could be the day. If you wonder what, what life is all about today, you've heard the mission and call that we have as believers. And we invite you to not just be a part of the mission, but we invite you to Come to know the God who made you, who loves you, who sent his son to die for you. So if you've never prayed to receive Christ today, you can come to the place where you say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe that you've sent Jesus to pay the price for my sin. And Lord, I confess to you my sin, and I I commit to serving you as best as I know how, God. Would you show me what the next step is? coming to a place of repentance, coming to a place of brokenness where you acknowledge your need for a Savior and your desire to be a part of a mission that is bigger than you. Pray that this morning, maybe for the first time, or maybe this morning as we're about to go into an invitation time, maybe maybe God's just convicted you and shown you that, you know what? I haven't been praying for neighbors and friends like I should have, or maybe I've been praying for them, but I've been so afraid to, to, to talk to them, and I don't know what to say. And maybe today God's just saying, just go, just open your mouth and let me speak through you. Here as we go into this invitation time, I invite you, if you want to come to the altar, if you want to pray, if you want to uh, come to know more about this Jesus we serve that calls us to this mission, Our pastors would love to talk with you.